lives. And um, this morning, we're going to be concluding our uh, series, uh, our opening series for the year, Promise Keepers. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to congratulate uh, two families that uh, had new additions to their families uh, this past week. Uh, first, I want to congratulate our, our elders, Joe and Joyce Responti, for ushering in their uh, new grandson, Leonardo Coppola. And also, um, I don't know, I think, I think they may still be home, but uh, uh, Steve and Krista gave birth to a, uh, or Krista gave birth to a, a beautiful uh, son named Phoenix Christian uh, this past week. So we're, we're excited to hear about all the new babies that are here and the new babies that are coming. Um, watch out. We need a new building, folks. The kids are bursting at the seams. Uh, here we go. Uh, Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8 and verse 1. Um, I'm going to start reading right at the top. This is uh, a passage in the Bible that is taking place in Egypt. Moses has shown up on the scene, anointed by God, to bring a message to Pharaoh to let the people of God go. The Israelites have been in Egyptian slavery, I think it's been for 430 years. That's a long time. And it's about time that uh, they are set free. And God sends Moses to talk to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is in control of the workforce. He has his finger uh, on the pulse and whatever he says goes. And so God sends Moses with some miraculous works that he's doing to try and uh, soften the heart for Pharaoh to be able to let the people of God go. And uh, I'm going to start reading verse, verse 1. It says, uh, seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on the entire country. The Nile will be filled with frogs and they will come up into your palace, into your bedrooms, onto your beds, into your houses, into your closets, into your shoes, into your cars, your chariots, everywhere you look, you will see frogs. Thus says, says the Lord. That's, that's rough. That's a rough one, I'd have to say. And, and it happened. Verse 5, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams, over the ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. And then verse 8, as frogs are all over Egypt, Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron and says, please pray to the Lord to take these frogs away. Now you're wondering why you all got frogs when you came in here this morning. Everybody got their frogs? All right, if you have your frogs, just, just throw them up in the air. If you got to find it, it's in your purse, in your pocket, somewhere, don't throw them up in the air. I, I was going to actually throw them out at you. But I thought that that would be a messy cleanup, so we thought we would hand them to you as you came in. Uh, do not leave those on the floor, uh, because we know who you are, and we know where you live, and we will find you. Uh, so everybody has their frogs, and so frogs are everywhere. Pharaoh summoned Moses and says, please pray to the Lord to take these away. Take these frogs away, and if you do that, I will let your people go. Moses said to Pharaoh, okay, I'll leave it to you. You let me know when... You want me to pray and take these frogs away. And so, verse 10, Pharaoh replied, when do you want me to come? When do you want these frogs to go away? 
whenever you want, you set the time. And Pharaoh looked at him and said, tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are a God that is gracious and loving. And many times you will send warning signs to derail us from the course that we're going, Lord. And I pray that this morning you will soften our hearts. Show us the areas in our life that we have allowed to, to creep in that are taking us in the wrong direction. Habits, mindsets, thoughts. Pray this morning, Lord God, that you will set us free in the same way you set the Israelites free. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Someone's probably wondering why I have, uh, this is Kermit to my right. Everyone say hi to Kermit. And this is Kermit's uh, Italian friend, uh, Kermit Yellow. <laughs> to, my, to my left. Um, and so they're going to be joining us for this sermon. I'm going to title, Will You Be Having Frogs With That? Uh, it was uh, a few weeks ago, we were coming home from church, and Judah and Lily were in the car with us, and a lot of people in this church have been on a 21-day fast. Uh, a lot of people have been doing a Daniel's fast. Who's been doing the Daniel's fast? This is awesome, awesome. I, I, I pray that, and I believe that God is truly speaking to you through this, and this is the best way to start the year, is you're drawing closer to the Lord, making sacrifices in your life so that you can draw closer to Him. And, and so in children's church, uh, Joyce and the, the kids' church were teaching the kids about fasting. And they were telling the kids, what, what are you going to be fasting from the next 21 days? Something that you love, that you're going to sacrifice and give up so that you could draw closer to God. What, what, what is it? And so uh, um, Lily picked strawberries. Lily, uh, she, she, she wanted to fast from strawberries. She loved strawberries, obsessed with strawberries. Girl could eat a whole box of strawberries in one sitting. It's amazing. Uh, and then Judah, this is what Judah picked. Judah picked chicken fingers. 21 days I'm going to fast from chicken. And we get in the car, and, and Diamond uh, turns to, to Judah and says, what are you going to be fasting from? And, and Judah says, chicken nuggets. I, I prayed about it in the, in the kids' church, and, and that's what I'm going to be fasting from the next 21 days. And so nonetheless, we're on our way home from church. It's about 1.30, and uh, Diamond asked uh, the kids, where do you want to go for lunch? And uh, Judah says, McDonald's. Of course, McDonald's, every kid's dream, McDonald's, a happy meal. And uh, Diamond turns to Judah and says, but you know you're fasting from chicken nuggets, right? And then Judah looked at her and said, tomorrow, I'll start the fast tomorrow. <laughs> and when I heard Judah say that, I said, you know what? It starts at a young age, but that'll preach, because even at the ripe age of eight years old, Judah has already learned the great art of procrastination. <laughs> the things that you want to do, but you have to make some painful changes in order to do them. And we say to ourselves, tomorrow, I'll start tomorrow. And that's exactly what Pharaoh did in this passage. Pharaoh is in a life full of frogs. Everywhere he goes, there's frogs. 
There's frogs crawling in his bed as he is sleeping. He thinks that that's Mrs. Farrow uh, rubbing up on his leg. That's not Mrs. Farrow. That, that's Mr. Kermit Yelto uh, crawling up his leg. His wife's screaming. His kids are screaming. His whole life is in a panic. I'm sure he's stressed out because everybody else is stressed out. And here comes Moses. And Moses says to him, all you have to do is make this one change in your life. Let your workforce go. Let the Israelites go, and I will get rid of every frog in your life. Pharaoh, I don't think he, did he have like a frog fetish? Like what is, why would you not in a moment say, get rid of these frogs? They're everywhere. And any wives in here, you have a frog in your bed, and your husband with his, with his manly arms can get rid of that frog in one moment. What person in here would say, tomorrow, tonight, I'll just sleep with the frogs? No, you wouldn't do that. Of course you wouldn't. So why would Pharaoh do this? I, I think we all can relate to this in one way or another. Because in order for the frogs to go away, he had to change the way that he did business. He had to let go of something that he was holding on to. The Israelites were his workforce. They were building the pyramids and they were the, 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 the slaves. And, and now he had to let go of something in order for God to take something else away in his life. We're the same way. I mean, you've heard stories of, of men and women who just have a tracheotomy surgery in the hospital. And then days after that, they're sneaking outside to have a little cigarette because they just put it off to tomorrow. We've all heard stories of just intelligent, brilliant men or women that are of great reputation. They have the world at their fingertips, and yet they carry on uh, an inappropriate relationship that they know is going to destroy their life and their reputation, but they keep saying, I'll cut it off tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. You all know people that uh, in their life, they get a bad report from a doctor. You have high blood pressure. You have high sugar. And, and if you keep up this lifestyle, it, 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 it could kill you. You could, you could get diabetes. You could get this, but they just put it off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it off till tomorrow. I'll just sleep one more night with the frogs. And so it begins. See, I don't think that Pharaoh like the frogs, I just think that he learned to put up with them because he liked having the Israelites as his workforce. So he just realized, I'm just going to put up with the frogs for one more day, for one more night. Nevertheless, I'm going to sleep one more night with the frogs. Pharaoh wanted his situation to change, his surroundings to change, but he didn't want to change. How many times do we want everything else to change, but we don't want to change? I, I overheard uh, somebody, I think it was about a week ago in the, in the gym, and they were uh, saying, it was their, one of their first times, early times going to the gym, and they, they had all these goals, and they were saying, but I don't like to do legs, I don't like to do cardio, I hate to sweat, but God, I need to lose 35 pounds. <laughs> it's like going to the dentist. You know, go to the dentist. I got to go to the dentist tomorrow. It's been four years. Oh, this is not going to go well for me. And you go to the dentist. I'm sure the first thing he's going to tell, he's going to do it. And then he's going to say, you know, you're going to need to 
floss every day. And I feel twice a day. <laughs> yeah, th thanks, Michael. Appreciate that encouragement. And, and I feel like, yes, okay, I know you're going to say that. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I know you're going to show me pictures of people that have the, the, the most disgusting teeth in the world. And, and, and that you're going to say, if I don't floss, that's going to be me in 10 years. But I feel like so often you could show me the pictures. You could tell me what's going to happen. But we have this stubborn resolve that says, I don't want to change. I want everybody else to change. I want my situation to change. I want all the problems in my life to be taken away, but I don't want to change. See, change starts where your excuses end. And so often we procrastinate it to tomorrow. Maybe I'll just pray it away. That's what we want. We love to pray things away. Who's a prayer warrior in here? Yeah, anybody? Prayer worries, and, and man, you need to pray every day. But there are some things that you can't just pray away. You got to pray and act. I, I look at pr prayer is like a PED, a performance-enhancing drug. See, you could take a PED, but if you don't put in the work, nothing's going to change. You'll get there faster when you put in the work, but you still have to put in the work. It's the same thing with prayer. God. I'm broke. I need money. I'm in debt, $20,000. You think God's stupid? Anybody think God is stupid? You better not raise. God is not stupid. He's not going to drop a $20,000 check in your mailbox because you have no discipline in how you spend the money that you already have. You think you can pray your debt away? No, you can't. You got to be disciplined. You got to be smart. You think just because you're tithing that with the other 90%, you could just live the, uh, the, the, however you want and expect God to bless you? No, that's not how it works. You can't just pray, oh, God, please make my kids normal. <laughs> please, tomorrow, wake up. I want them to be angels making their bed. No, that takes pain and discipline and, and time that you have to spend with them, there are some things you can't pray away. God's promises require participation. And procrastination is always the nemesis of progress. I, I thought of a, a couple things that procrastination will do. Procrastination will impede your progress. Procrastination many times cannot, will, will force you to leave things undone waiting until tomorrow. I love the way Apollo Creed put it when he was fighting Rocky, and Rocky didn't have the eye of the tiger, and Rocky was having a bad workout. And, and Apollo Creed looks at him as he's punching him in the face and says, Rocky, there is no tomorrow. Today is the day you got to get the eye of the tiger back. Today is the day you got to start being disciplined with your finances. Today is the day you got to start eating better. Today is the day you got to start having more gratitude in your life and loving the people that are in your family. Today is the day you got to forgive that family member that hurt you and betrayed you and wronged you. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. If you want to see progress in 2020, do it today. Procrastination is the failure to do the right thing at the right time. Our problem is not that we don't know what to do. Our problem is not that we don't know what changes we need to make in our life. Our problem is that we say to God, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. 
So what are some things that we've allowed in our hearts, in our lives, that we begin to procrastinate in? I think the first thing that we do, we've allowed, many of us, frogs in our hearts. We've allowed frogs in our hearts that we have these attitudes, these behaviors, these offenses that we have allowed in our hearts. And rather than dealing with them today, we nurse them and put up with them until tomorrow. It's like you are a spiritual hoarder. Any actual hoarders in the house this morning? I can't see, but I know somebody's out there. You know, wives, hit your husband in, in, in the stomach right now. That garage is, I, I mean, a, a lot of us, this is what we do. We allow the frogs in our hearts, and rather than deal with them, we hoard them. Box by box by box, because we don't want to deal with it. We'll deal with that later. I'll deal, I, that, I, that offense later, I'll just, this is what we do. We remember it. Oh, we remember it. Oh, I remember that one time 15 years ago when it was my birthday and you didn't write on my Facebook wall. I remember <laughs> that time I came into Shore Christian Church and you were talking to me and then somebody came up and you just cut off your conversation with me and went and talked to them and, and I was just left there with my hands in my pockets. I remember that five years because this is what I did. I, I boxed it up and I put it in my garage box by box. I remember that time my husband went to the, the grocery store and I told him to get four lemons and he only got three. I'm sorry about that, honey. My bad. But don't box that up. But that's what we do, isn't it? And then we remember so we could use it as ammunition later. When we want to manipulate and leverage our will and what we want, we begin to bring up what they did to us because we'd allow allowed frogs in our hearts. This is what, anyone ever watch the show Hoarders? That is like a disturbing show. Anyone who gets to get anxiety just watching Hoarders? Like, and this is, what, this is what the definition of a hoarder is. The reason why they don't want to get rid of the box and the stuff is because they have an emotional attachment to what they are storing in their garage or their home. And they feel like if they got rid of it, that they would lose a piece of their identity and who they are. And in the same way, so many of us identify more with what other people have done to us than what Christ has done for us. So we hoard the hurts and we hoard the offenses in our hearts and we hide them. And then in one moment, all of a sudden, we blow up and snap and make 15 horrible decisions in the matter of 15 minutes because we never dealt with the hurt and the pain and the offense when we should have. And I remember what me and Diamond, we be watching Hoarders. And we're thinking to ourselves, you have no idea how much peace and freedom would come to your life, sweetheart, if you would just get rid of all the junk. Anyone ever watch the TV show and you're thinking that, oh my gosh, like, please let me help you. Get, you would be so much happier. You would have so much more peace. I, and I feel like the angels in heaven do the same thing to us. They're looking down and saying, you would have no idea how much more peace, how much more freedom, how much more joy you would have in your life if you just had a garage sale and got rid of all the frogs in your heart. Have it a garage. It's a beautiful day for a garage sale at SCC this morning to take all that junk that you have stored in your heart, 
all those offenses, all those hurts, all those habits that you keep putting off, I'll deal with it tomorrow. If you just have a garage sale, I guarantee you tomorrow, finally, the freedom and the peace that you have been longing for will finally come in your life. But it has to start today. I thought of this guy in the Bible. His name was Saul, King Saul. He was, he was tall, dark, and handsome, the Bible says. And he was, he was a king. And yet he had an offense in his heart. One offense. He had this uh, shepherd boy named David that was part of his army. And David went out. You know the story. Killed the giant. And then when David got back in, all of a sudden, he was getting all the attention. All the women were singing songs about him. He was bigger than Bieber. <laughs> and, for real. And, and Saul was, they, they were singing this one psalm. Uh, I, I don't know if it's really a psalm, more of a chant. It says, it says, David has killed his ten thousands, but Saul has killed his thousands. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. I, I mean, come on. Can't you be happy for somebody else? Can't you rejoice when somebody else is blessed and yet you're still waiting on your blessing and you feel like you've earned it more than them, but yet you can still be happy for them, amen? But Saul couldn't, he allowed this offense to get in his heart. One offense, and he, and he nursed it. He could have taken it to God, but he nursed it. And that, that offense turned into envy. That envy turned into bitterness. That bitterness turned into anger. That anger turned into rage. And that one offense ended up destroying his position. He lost the palace. He was no longer the king. He lost his life. Not only did he lose his life, but his entire family lost their life because of one offense that he held in his heart. And I don't think Saul woke up one morning. Today, I'm going to be bitter and angry the rest of my life. <laughs> like that, that, does that happen? I mean, you don't wake up one morning, man, uh, just think I'm going to be an alcoholic the rest of my life. That feels like a, like a good vision for, for my 2020, you know. I, I feel like, like, like today, I just want to be spiteful towards everybody. <laughs> Maybe one person in here did that this morning. <laughs> no, it, it, this, but this is how it happens. It happens when you let one frog in your heart, and then it multiplies, too. And then rather than humbling yourself, and going and allowing God to heal you, you say, I'll just nurse it one more day. I'll nurse it one more night. I want to be angry one more night. I want to be offended one more day. I'll do it tomorrow. I don't want to humble myself today. I'll deal with that, that, that bad decision tomorrow. I'll come clean tomorrow. I, I'll keep this sin in hiding one more day because it's just too painful for me to come clean today. I'll wait till tomorrow. One more night with the frogs. I'll hide one. what's going on. I'll keep lying. I'll keep this going perpetually. But what ends up happening is it not only destroys you, but it destroys the people you love. Do it today. Don't wait until it blows up in your face. Don't wait until you snap and have a nervous breakdown and have to go in a, uh, in, in, in a manic depression. Don't wait. Do it today. Today there is healing for you. Today you can be set free. The spirit of the Lord is in this place, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But God's promises require participation, and you have to be willing to let it go. Second thing we need to get the frogs out of, and this one isn't as spiritual. I would say it's more practical. Uh, but it can be just as devastating. Uh, get the frogs out of your health. 
The Bible says that your body, say my body, body. is the temple temple. of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. That's right. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Act like it. Act like you have been given a gift from God because you have. So often you treat other people. You treat your dog. You treat your money. You treat your job better than you treat your own body. I mean, you know what you are putting in your body is destroying you from the inside out. But yet you choose and I choose. I don't want to make this just about, we're all in this together. Do I hear an amen? I choose to sleep one more night with the frogs. I choose to, to, to spend one more night with Kermit. Kermit's looking sexy tonight. I choose to spend one more night with Mr. McDouble. Choose to spend one more night with a cancer stick. Choose to spend one more night in a behavior that I know is destroying my body. Choose to spend one more night with Jimmy, Jack, and Coke. (laughs) That was pretty good, wasn't it? You know, yeah, preach, pastor. Do it today. The spirit of the Lord has said, do it today. Don't wait until you get a doctor's report. Don't wait until you have a heart attack. Don't wait until you get in a coma because there's going to come a moment where you're not going to be able to make that decision. The decision will make it for you. Do it today. Because what happens is when we don't take care of our temples, it not only affects us, it affects the people we love. Number three, another practical one. I'm not going to stay on this very long, but frogs in your finances. <laughs> you know you have bad habits. You know you don't know how to budget. You, you know you have no clue why at the end of the month you have no money and you have to put it on a credit card again because you don't know where half of the, the money that you go actually goes. And you say, I'm going to put a budget together. You say, I'm going to change my lifestyle. But yet the appearance of success is, is a stronger feeling for you than actually making a change that fits in the budget that you need. That's why you need to take financial peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're offering it here at Shore Christian Church. This is an opportunity for you to take control of your finances and get the frogs out of your money. Amen. Number, number four. I'll let Robin Smith deal with you on that one. Number four, get the frogs out of your gratitude. So often we procrastinate our gratitude one more day. Today, tell that person that you love them. Today, you're thinking about somebody, you want to encourage somebody, just send them the text message, not right now because we're in church, but when, when it's on your mind, text them. Call them. Don't procrastinate your gratitude telling somebody how much you love them, telling somebody how much they mean to you. Stop procrastinating how much other people have done for you. Don't get the frogs out of your gratitude. It was funny. Pastor Appreciation Day. Uh, it's, it's weird the, the things you remember. And I remember it was a week after and someone from church came up to me and, and said, uh, I didn't want to uh, wait in the line to, to, to say uh, 
you know, how much I appreciate you, Pastor, but because you know how I feel in my heart. I was like, I'm not a cardiologist. I have no clue how you feel in your heart unless you say so. Say so. Say something. No, nobody knows what is going on in your heart, sweetheart, unless you say so. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord that's right. If you've been redeemed, say so. If you have something to be thankful for, say so. If you have something to be able to give God praise for, say something. If you have people in your life that love you, thank them. Tell them I love you. If you have hair still on your head, thank God. If you have two eyebrows, thank him. Can I hear an amen for two eyebrows? <laughs> say so. Because what you're not thankful for will be taken from you. It's funny. Uh, every single month, uh, I drive a minivan. Shout out to all the minivan men in the house. I'm a minivan and I'm a man. That's right. <laughs> minivan man. Hashtag. I should start trending that. And, and so every single month, um, Chrysler Capital makes sure I let them know how much I appreciate the minivan that I have. That's right. Every single month, on t they make sure I, I let them know how much I appreciate. And if I don't, if I don't, then they'll send me another notice. It'll say past due. And then if I choose not to let them know how much I appreciate what I have been given, then they will come and repossess my minivan. And now I'm, I'm, I'm just a man with no van down by a river. <laughs> And that is the same way with your gratitude. What you are not thankful for will be taken from you, will be repossessed. Some of you, you have some praise that is past due. You have some thanks that is past due. And if you don't learn to be thankful for what you have, then you are going to lose it. And I, I, I close with, with this. I hope this sermon, as weird as it is, and if you're new here, it's like this every week. <laughs> I'd like to say this is just an anomaly, but um, I, I close with this. The things that you don't do today will never get done. And Pharaoh, he had so many opportunities to let the people of God go, to make that change. And God sent frogs, God sent locusts, God sent darkness, turned the Nile River into blood. He sent all of these signs, and, and Pharaoh said, I'd rather put up with the problem than make the change. I'd rather sleep with the frogs, I'd rather deal with the locusts, I'd rather deal with the darkness than make the change in my life and let the Israelites go. And he did that day after, he did it ten times. Till finally the 10th time came. And the Bible says on the 10th time, God didn't send frogs, didn't send locusts, didn't send darkness. He sent an angel of death that was to go to every house. And the male child of every Egyptian was taken. And in that moment, 
Pharaoh had his oldest son taken from him. Now, what does that speak to us today? That seems cruel. That seems harsh. But what happens is, is so often we don't heed the voice of the Lord. And we keep saying tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start it tomorrow. I'll, I'll make that change tomorrow. But then, all of a sudden, you keep procrastinating. And then that moment comes where devastation shows up on your doorstep. Where heartache shows up at your doorstep. Bankruptcy shows up at your doorstep. A heart attack shows up at your doorstep. Death shows up at your doorstep. Why? Because you kept putting it off until tomorrow. You have a chance to get the frogs out of your heart today. All of the offenses, all of the hurts, all of the bad habits that you know are destroying you and the people you love, don't wait until tomorrow. Don't get help tomorrow. Do it today. Get freedom today. Get the frogs out of your health. Get the frogs out of your finances. Get the frogs out of your gratitude. Don't wait another day. Do it now. If you could just stand to your feet right now and worship team, if you could, you could come forward. And we're going to get ready to receive communion together. This is, this is for real uh, what I'm preaching about this morning. This is real life. And there are some people in here that know exactly what I'm talking about because they chose not to get the frogs out when they could. And they had that moment where now they didn't have a choice. They had to make the change because it blew up in their face. And you know the secret things in your life. You know the habits. You know what is taking place in your life that is not leading you towards God's purpose. Don't wait another day. Get free. Get the frogs out this morning.